Let's pray. Let me give thanks to you who've called us by name to follow you and who you've shown us tremendous love. We thank you for the gifts of your Holy Spirit and the gift of your word. And help us to hear you now and help us to be set free to live as you hope for us to live. Amen. It's a question for you. How are you doing today? No one's going to say anything out loud. You can right now. It's okay. What would you say when people ask you, how are you doing? What do you, how do you respond? Doing good. I'm okay. We're going to come back to that one, okay? Just to give a little kind of a, a marker of where we're at in time, um, you know, it was a couple, a uh, few weeks ago back in April was that celebration of Easter, right? Kind of the pinnacle of our, our Christian life that's saying, the powers of sin and death, as powerful they are, do not have the last word. But Christ was raised from the dead, right? There is resurrection and life, right? And we have that promise for us as well. We went through that Easter season, right? And we heard uh, just a few weeks ago the story of Pentecost. We've been given God's Holy Spirit. And along the way, we're reminded of the Great Commission, the very end of this story today, right? That you and I are called to go out and to make disciples and the promise that God indeed is with us. And as we go into summer, we're going to hear more stories about uh, Jesus' teachings of ministry um, and the growth of the church. So where we hear the story today is a little bit earlier. If you heard that, he told them, to, as he sent them out, sent the apostles out to just go to the house of Israel, please hear that was first one step of a larger plan to go to all the people. So today as we hear this story... Um, I had a full disclosure earlier in the week that, boy, I'm going to preach this sermon on what it means to be a sent church. And we are a sent church, right? We're sent out to share the good news of God in this world and was going to share about possibilities here. Like, I'm excited um, about how God works through you. And asking that question about how is God calling us to connect with our neighbors, to connect in this greater Farmington area. Uh, Pastor Ben and Pastor Christian actually are going to be doing some demographic work this summer, looking at there's lots of new households who've moved in in recent years. How are we called to be the church in this time and place? And so we'll get to some of that, but later. This week, my thought went to something much um, maybe more simple, if that's the right term, but the very first statement that was shared today, did you see that? Say, when Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. There's a lot packed into that statement, isn't it? We're going to hear in the coming weeks throughout the rest of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus' love and care for people, and it's fueled by God's love and compassion for you and all people. That's an awesome thing. It tells us a lot, I think, also about how we're called to be church in this time and place. What's our mission and ministry about? Showing compassion. It also tells us a lot about people. Jesus sees the crowd and says they were like sheep without a shepherd. I don't think that's so much about bad leadership, but it's saying life for them was chaotic. Life for them wasn't so perfect. So I'm going to come back and pause now for that question I asked you before. And that question again is, how are you doing? Or I should say this, how do you usually respond to the question, how are you doing? Good, fine, great, okay, all right. Now, I'm not calling you a bunch of liars. Please hear that loud and clear. 
But how often is, oh, fine, great, right? You know, maybe it's fine, I'm fine, everything's fine. Like you're almost convincing yourself. How often is good, okay, or fine your completely truthful situation? 25% of the time, 10%, we can pull another number out of the air here. As I share that, my, my next question is, if given the time and space to comfortably share, how would you say that you are really doing? And my hope is as a community that we can provide you that kind of space, have those kind of conversations. Because I think the reality is oftentimes, and I get it, it's not fair if I ask you like 30 seconds before worship, hey, how are you doing? There's not enough time to get into it, right? I'm, I'm fine, I'm okay. But how often is the case where you say, oh, I'm doing well, I'm, no, I'm good, where the reality is you feel really broken. There are times we're doing everything just to hold ourselves together, but somebody asks us, no, I'm doing good. There's times where we give that response of good or fine, the reality is we are really struggling. Maybe it's you are dealing with grief. You're trying to figure out how to live after the death of someone who's meant so much to you. Or maybe there's other things that trigger feelings. Maybe it's on a day like today, Father's Day, and you get reflecting on your relationships, and you reflect on how you wish they were better than they are. As a parent, as a child, whatever it might be, you reflect on your friendships or your absence of friendships. Your response might be, oh, I'm, I'm good, but that's not the full story. Or maybe no matter if uh, people see, wow, they've got a lot of things going on, and in your mind's eye, you can't see a hopeful future at all. Or maybe you're in the midst of a transition or crisis at work or other part of who you are that's really got you feeling overwhelmed. But your response might still be, I'm doing okay. Or maybe in parenting, uh, you feel guilty, or in relationships, you feel guilty about all the times you've been impatient or just flat-out rage instead of being the patient person you hope to be. Or maybe there's times, no matter what age you are, where you feel invisible. Maybe you feel like you've been dismissed. Maybe you feel like you're not worth anything to anybody. I ask that, that question for you today. Because yes, sometimes we say I'm fine or I'm good, but if we take time and we make space to allow ourselves and each other to really be honest, many of us feel broken in the ways I described or others. We feel that life is chaotic. We feel like sheep without a shepherd. And a helpful, needed step, I think, is sometimes allowing a place and a space to name that. Can you think of moments where you felt comfortable, you know, Someone that you really, you know they have your best interests in mind, where you felt you could name, you could share openly about how things maybe weren't so perfect. I hope you've had a chance to do that, and I hope you get those spaces again. Let's create them for each other. I'm going to give you one example, and in my own kind of, um, I kind of tr struggled if I should share this story or not. And this is over a dozen years ago, um, kind of full story for one, um, in the, and I've been blessed to serve with great people and great congregations throughout my life. Um, and I was in a call that I think took a, a lot of energy, this may be fair to say. And um, I'll probably share this part of myself too, not my favorite part. When I was first in ministry, I had folks thinking I looked like I was 17 years old. My kids remind me that's no longer my problem. 
okay? But at that moment, right, what do you do? Then you try to ramp it up. I'm going to work harder, right? I'm never going to stop because I don't want someone to go, oh, Jiminy, I got this kid who doesn't know what they're doing. No, I'm going to work my tail off to do the best that I can for that family, whether it's a funeral or for that message, whatever it might be. So yeah, I probably had a bit of insecurity and I want to show my best front. Here's who I am or here's who I want you to see me to be. So they get to this story a dozen years ago. The reality was I was probably kind of teetering on the edge of burnout. And then all of a sudden, smack, I'm dealing with a whole lot of grief. And I was worried. I could feel it within me that I didn't have the energy to have the kind of patience that I wanted to make sure I went into a room with. I didn't want to deal with a challenging personality and explode on them. And I felt like such a failure. And the person that people that I opened up to were folks who in my life had sometimes had shown a little bit of vulnerability that they didn't have it all together. And that was, for me, was an awesome moment. I called up some folks and I just shared, I'm really having a heck of a time. And just naming that in a safe place, they reminded me of something I want to remind you. For me, I was reminded that day that feeling overwhelmed, feeling like you're living in chaos is not a failure. It's a sign and a reminder that you are human. For me that day, the floodgates opened up. I hope you get those places, maybe it's not the floodgates opening up, but those spaces where you can name sometimes when you need to that things aren't so perfect. Because I think naming that reality opens the gates to experience another truth that we really need. And that's the reality that Jesus doesn't only see the hurting crowd in this story, but Jesus sees you. Jesus sees me. Jesus sees us. And not just sees us, but he knows what we need. And he has this incredible compassion. I hope you experience that compassion in our life together as the people of God. First, acknowledging our need opens us up to hear and to feel transformed by God's loving response that we need. David Lose, who used to teach at Luther Seminary, had shared... The pressure by our culture to have it all together, to be perfect, to have the ideal life and job and family is, I think, quietly crushing the spirit of many of our people. And this is particularly true of the generation that has grown up having to display their supposedly perfect lives on social media. Please hear this. Jesus looks at you, knows you, loves you, and sees you with compassion and wants you to hear that you are loved. That you don't have to have it all together. That indeed you won't lead perfect lives. And you're probably worn out and tired from any efforts you've had to pretend that we do. Here's also some good news. Jesus didn't come for perfect people. Guess what? With that, we all qualify. <laughs> It's also helpful to admit that sometimes we feel like a sheep without a shepherd. That's what I mean, if you want to call it feeling harassed or helpless. But that's exactly why Emmanuel, God with us, came to be with us. And I hope you hear that Jesus, filled with compassion, sees you and comes to be with you again today. I'm hoping even in this worship service. Jesus, filled with compassion, willingly kept loving us, loving us in this world, even though it sent him to his death on the cross. He willingly, filled with compassion, right, stayed in the tomb and was raised again. That's amazing compassion. That amazing love for you, I want you to hear this, it's not being held back or kept on a shelf. 
until you become the person you hope to be or the person you aspire to be or want to be or who we project ourselves to be. Here's the awesome news. That love is for who you are fully and completely with all your strengths and all your brokenness and all who you are right now. We see in the rest of Matthew's gospel and in our world each day that that kind of compassion is what we need. It's what this world needs. And Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The harvest is plentiful. People need to know God's love and compassion. He says, the laborers are few, therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out the laborers into his harvest. As the story goes, it's interesting, they pray for these laborers and these disciples, now called apostles, sent ones, turn out to be the answer to their own prayer. God works through you. God works through the folks in this story and you today. And what's our mission? And we can get into more details, but at the heart of it, can you remember this? To remember your story remember of God's amazing love and compassion for you and can you go wherever you are sent in your household, your neighborhood to share it with others? So I'm a little behind here. But think of that gift of compassion. Um, I don't remember um, all of my, uh, my Greek days, um, but I remember this word, splangizomai, right? It's just flashing for effect. Oh, maybe that's only on my screen. But splangizomai, I couldn't remember a lot of words, but I love that one. It means compassion. And as children of God, it's part of who you are, right? It's at the heart of Jesus' ministry. Compassion comes from deep within you, right? And it's something you feel from your feet all the way up to your toes. You ever notice that when you see like a child hurting, right? And you wish you could make a difference of that feeling within you? That's splangizomai, right? From the spleen, from the core of who you are, that compassion you feel. Or when you feel someone has been through something tragic and your eyes well up with tears, you want to be there for your friend or you want to be for that person even if you don't personally know them, that's splangizomai, that's compassion. It's part of who you are. Sometimes culture says it's not part of who you are, but it's part of who God made you to be. And what is an apostle? Right? As we said with the kids, it's a sent ones. Sent out, right, to show that compassion that Jesus first showed to us. And this, this compassion that the world needs. And I want to share this with you because sometimes in the name of Christianity, we can be really goofy. And we can be really hurtful. We can get all worried about that we're being too loving to somebody or we're too inclusive to somebody. To be honest, I don't have the energy to fight that. Can we agree with this? I think of this on Father's Day, maybe it's fitting. Um, being church and being a parent, being family have their challenges, right? Um, it's humbled me quite a bit. Jesus even tells us sometimes when you go out to be church and you're being faithful, you're not going to be received very well. I remember hearing this in both my guidance as a parent, as a pastor, a mentor saying, always err on the side of grace. And I think of that when we want to be stingy and we, want to, we feel uncomfortable and we want to leave folks out. Can we remember our roots and remember our story? That Jesus has shown this amazing compassion to us. Can we err on the side of grace and remember our calling to be apostles who are sent out to share compassion? 
You're going to be uh, asked that question again sometimes, not who are you, but the first question, how are you? And I want you to provide yourself some time and space at times to share the full story. And maybe it is good, maybe you are doing okay, but share the full story. There's a great thing that happens in it. And also here, a second truth is also, maybe you know Jesus' amazing compassion for you. And if you ask yourself that question, who are you? Hear this, you are seen. You are seen by a Lord who loves you. You are loved, and today and again, you are sent with compassion. Amen.